and are usually very painfully honest about their wounds. Like I tend to draw to people who carry a lot and mm-hmm. will tell you they're carrying a lot and will tell you I'm trying to survive and be better. Yeah. Once you show me that kind of vulnerability and honesty, I can trust you. Welcome back to the Anthony Thomas Podcast. In this episode, we invite into our lives one of the most productive, accomplished people that I know, which is interesting because her perspective on productivity is quite contrarian to what you might think from such a high achiever. We get into productivity, different forms of giving, sacrificing your physical and mental health in the pursuit of your goals, hard days, small victories, keys to healthy friendships, passionate people pursuing crazy objectives, all that and more. So welcome into your world today, Talia Caldwell. Welcome to the podcast. This is long overdue, but we're finally here. I'm hyped for this. Tell the people who you are. Yes, divine timing. This is the perfect timing. This is where I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm Talia Caldwell. I am born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Like born in LA proper, not mm. the Inland Empire, you know, <laughs> not the Valley. I was born in LA, Culver City to be exact. I'm very proud about that. I'm very proud of being a black Angelina and what that means. Um, I am currently a, a screenwriter, Ooh. just, you know, scrapping my way and learning and Looking to get staffed on a show very soon. That is my goal by summer, be staffed on a show. Mm-hmm. I am at USC School of Cinematic Arts, Peter Stark Producing Program. Mm-hmm. It's weird being like Go Trojans, because as we all know, I'm a fellow bear, like yes. the great Anthony Thomas. <laughs> and uh, I also used to play basketball for many, many years and even got paid to do it and go around the world twice over. So that's who yes. I am. I am a person who loves people. I'm an only child and I am very invested in my black community. That's me. I love it. That's beautiful. I think you did a much better intro of yourself than I could have, which is a beautiful thing because not everybody could do that. A lot of people are like, ooh, like I'm a little shy. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I this? Am I that? Owning owning that identity that, that you're creating. That's super dope. But I would like to add mm-hmm. uh, what Women's Final Four. Yes. Uh, 2013, you know, helped... Uh, get our team to the final four and a Pac-12 championship. Yes, indeed. Oh, also, yeah. um, there's some historical mark that you laid at Berkeley, at the Haas Business School specifically. Yes. Uh, I was, for some reason, I was the first women's basketball player to be admitted into the Haas School of Business, the very prestigious business school, which I thought would have me <laughs> not the hype button <laughs> I'm gonna wait for you to finish go ahead <laughs> nah uh, I don't even know where I was on the hype button and got too hype <laughs> so great <laughs> hot nine seven flex um yeah uh and so yeah I, I always wanted to study business there since I was in yeah. high school and thought I would go on to be working at a company like Nike which I interned at and uh you know I thought I'd be doing the business th- business thing and mm-hmm. selling you guys dreams and products with a smile on my face and then life <laughs> said we're going to sure. sell stories instead sure. which is the same thing essentially yeah sell the stories same 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 hustle different product that's all uh and then I also want to throw in a New York Times contributor yes uh why the WNBA loved Kobe wrote that uh, the day he tragically died, him and along with the other 
nine victims, including his daughter. So yes, that was yeah. that was probably one of the highlights of my writing, my baby writing career. A little baby, little baby writing career. Little, little it's, toddler, it's, just, it's, just you know, just, <laughs> just trying to crawl and walk and not bump into things too much. It's, it's, <laughs> it's growing though. It's growing for sure. Oh yeah, I'm on beast sure right now. I know. I know. I'm I'm hyped. I'm hyped to see these credits. But anyway, we'll we'll get into all that. Uh, the reason I wanted to cover some more of your accolades is because you are one of the most productive people that I know. And thank you. <laughs> it's, what's interesting about this is that you don't, as long as I've known you, you don't tend to juggle a ton of different things, right? So there's a key dis- there's a key distinction. I I have been accused of of doing ha- having my hand in so many different things, right? Mm-hmm. Which totally guilty of. It's part of what I enjoy. I love to do this. You are you are highly productive, and there's a difference between being really busy mm-hmm. and being really productive. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your thoughts on the ongoing conversation and, and promotion around productivity and being highly productive. What right. are you? What are your thoughts on this? Because you're you're well accomplished so far, right? And you've you've been productive, but I'm curious where you are now because yeah. I know you're busy as hell right now too. Right, my default in the way I've been socialized and educated. Uh, you know, I've always grown up in rigorous academic environments my whole life. Started off in Montessori, went to an elite private school in LA, then obviously Berkeley, grad school, high level basketball. I am your. T- I fit into the typical type A work culture that works mm-hmm. for me. Like squeezing in you know, 80 hours a week and a 40 hour work week, that's, that's fine for me. I could easily do that and not, and you would not know I'm tired. And then also be a, be a loving family member, a good friend and, you know, all the other things I do that works for me. I know how to keep going. I have a high threshold for a lot of things, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) pain, (laughs) fatigue that I don't know those words. If I want something and I'm highly focused, I will just do it. With that being said at 30 years old, and uh, just learning more and listening more and just growing my mind and seeing how the world works and how disposable the world treats people, productivity, me to me now, like makes my skin crawl. The word. <laughs> it makes my skin crawl because when you go back in modern time, the Industrial Revolution, even like, like I said, you can go further back to like just you know, colonization and things, imperialism, but industrialization, the reason why the 40-hour work week of nine to five of the family unit, Monday through Friday, that was all revolving around like conditions we couldn't, we couldn't like really change then, you know, like Mm -hmm. we couldn't really do things when it was not like, you know, the crops only came at this time. We weren't shipping this and moving that. Like we were really like, we had to do it that way. You know, you had mm-hmm. kids, you got married for property reasons and you had kids for, to work the land. And to labor. Work the, it was labor. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and you know, and people who got all the profits, you know, explained how if you did this the right way, you could be like them. When people who got the profits always had a leg up. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the railroad industry, whether it was oil, whether it was slavery, whether it was whatever trade. Mm-hmm. And they were smart enough to be like, if I'm able to tell people to exploit their bodies in time and kill themselves for me, give give your job more time than you give your mother. Give your time more time. Give your job more time than you give your son or daughter. 
It's how they stay rich. We all know how money works. I, I cannot be wealthy if I'm spending the same amount that I'm getting, right? Mm-hmm. So seeing how productivity works and seeing how in the middle of so much last year of like just a literal, you know, medical crisis in all types of ways, not even just COVID, just all types of things. And you saw companies who were still like, but you need to die for this job and make seven twenty five. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this is a scam because they're not telling you to live your life to the fullest in terms of go go all out with whatever your dream is. Whether yeah. you want to write a book, whether you want to invent a new whatever tool to whatever, and you sell that, it yeah. was die for my products, die for my system. Mm-hmm. And then at 75, when you can't retire, you don't have health care, that was your fault. <laughs> and that's how <laughs> I, I look what you did. Product. Look at look at you now, okay? So now I'm way more invested in how <laughs> we living holistically, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. So for me right now, I don't use the word productivity, but I am very focused and I'm very honoring to a craft that I am new at. So I have, mm-hmm. I have, I don't have a lot of space right now for a lot of distractions, you know? Right. And some days what's a healthy day for me is my body said, you need to rest. Mm-hmm. You need to be outside and get some vitamin D and touch the grass because right. I can't write at my best. I can't work at my best if, if I'm miserable, if I'm tired and if I'm not fed in my life and always. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's big. Ooh, that that's a lot. That that's a lot for some people to really digest, right? Because and, and I know this about you. I know you're you're a very empathetic individual, and you're you're well read as well as uh, well experienced. And, and you listen and talk to so many people, including I mean, even thinking about Echo Park Fund, right? You started a fund. Um, did you did you start this pre? You started this pre pandemic, right? I started in middle of the pandemic, so middle uh, pandemic, okay. like May thirty first, May thirtieth, twenty twenty. Right, right. That's around the birthday, somebody's birthday. Yeah, that was five days after my birthday. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's something where tell us a little bit about Echo Park Fund. Just yeah, briefly, it was just you know, honestly, it was a response to how drained I was feeling after the social unrest of George Floyd's murder, which was on my twenty ninth birthday, and I needed to just like g- get out and be involved with community we were all quarantining and in my backyard was echo park a a, a beautiful neighborhood historical latinx neighborhood that's been gentrified and it's still very amazing but um it was now a center for hundreds of tent communities and people who like you know had only been there for two months since losing their jobs right like had had an apartment in february and by may were at this tent because it was safe um and a lot of them were still going to work or you know and taking care yeah. of family. So I just felt like I have a community of people, including you and people and other, for other friends who I know would give me $5 to go to the store and get yeah. a bag of ice for a houseless person or, you know, some hygiene products. And I just kept it really informal like that. A basically a community, a community center of like, Hey, you guys want to chip in some money? I can get some people some things like, yeah. And that turned into like a nationwide, even some global people, Mm-hmm. chipping in and us all taking care of each other. And it was expanded to like services and resources of like, Hey, this is how you fill out your taxes. So you can get your stimulus. Hey, yeah. this is how you fill out your disability. Hey, here is a, um, you know, if you're disabled, you can get free public transportation, things like that. Right. Um, I, you know, that's what I did for most of 2020. 
Right. Which I love. And is that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. And that's just a testament of of your your spirit, your energy, your mm-hmm. your your empathy for for humans, right? And so considering all that and hearing what you're the way you're describing productivity and and you know the the elites, you know, mm-hmm. that are that are exploiting labor and things like this. There's also individuals who are in the middle of this that are like they're literally looking forward to that paycheck, every paycheck. They're living yeah. paycheck to paycheck and they're right. they're in it. And it's like I don't know how to get out of this at all. You know, like I'm working so much and, and the way that I get more money, what's the, it's a simple equation. How do I get more money? Oh, I just work right. more. Right? right. And so this idea of productivity and the hustle is like, you know, there's a lot of people that are, they're proponents of, oh, you got to go all in on your dream. Right. And, and, you know, take loans out, credit cards, max out credit card. You hear those stories mm-hmm. all the time, which I'm not a fan of. I am, right. I am of the school of thought that you you do your best work when you don't have to worry about your basic needs, right? Maslow's hierarchy Maslow's of needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, absolutely. That's when you do your best work. So mm-hmm. use use your regular paycheck, make sure you're stable, and then just mm-hmm. work bonus hours in your day on whatever your thing is, right? Whatever, right. Whatever that is. And that's something that you are, you, you are, you're very, your capacity for work when you are attached to something like where you are right now, how, what would you, this isn't healthy, by the way, I just want to preface this. <laughs> What what have you averaged per night in sleep in the last say two months? I mean, honestly, since March, and yes, and I'm happy you reframed that. Mind you, everything I said about the productivity is me understanding the conditions that we're in that we have to do to survive. Right, and I want to address that because I don't yeah. want to glorify that. I don't ever want to glorify exactly a a, a two family household in Kansas working every day and not being able to pay their bills. You should be right. able to have. A job, not an, a Fortune 500 job, yeah. not this fancy, like, you know, highly educated job, whatever job, and be able to pay your bills in this country. So that, that right. was mainly where that came from. Um, but there are definitely times when, because we're in these systems, we have to survive. So, yeah. you know, I've been up every day at 3 a.m. since March. And a couple of months ago, I added a full-time school schedule where I had, you know, five mm-hmm. classes Monday through Friday all throughout the day and an internship. So would I be up? wake up at three, you know, work until four to noon and turn to 12 to six and go to class from six to 10. And the next day would do another mosh posh of class, 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 and then internship work and mix it around. And then I'd take that work home and I'm editing or I'm covering a script right. for my production company that I'm interning for. So, I mean, I'd probably average, I mean, I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm definitely not getting every night you know, five, <laughs> right, you know? and right. I don't love that. Cause I, and that's yeah. why, and I was doing it with a set amount of time because I had a specific opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. I had an opportunity where I could, if I worked my butt off, pay my tuition this semester, right. I just happened to align the semester. And I said, Talia, could you, could you sacrifice, you know, social time, friends, um, you know, a little bit of rest, even the things that you love, like going to the gym, can you sacrifice that for like, you know, four months yeah. if it means this? And because it was funding my dream, it wasn't funding someone else's dream. This is directly yeah. correlated to what I want as a writer. Yeah. I was working on set. I was covering script. It was everything a part of my dream. I said, yeah. yeah. After doing that and realizing the mental toll it took on me, I would not do that again. It was a great yeah. experience. I am yeah. so thankful. And I am, it showed me how much I can do even more. And I needed it. Yep. And I'm now using wisdom and taking stock in my body and my mind 
and saying, okay, that was a, that was a season and that will not happen again. (laughs) (laughs) But, but that's, that is a pretty incredible experience. Right. And so it's for one, it's, it's way more helpful. This is what I kind of talk to people when they're having a really challenging time with, with Mm -hmm. work and it's maybe it's a job or or something that they actually do typically like, or they are typically okay with. Right. They're they're on the verge of like, man, I'm about to quit this. I'm about to quit this. I'm like, okay, Maybe you need something to look forward to that mm-hmm. that is a specific concrete date, right? Yeah. So so plan plan a vacation that is a month and a half from now. So that way you have you're like, okay, I just six weeks, the countdown is on. Mm-hmm. Because we as humans psychologically, we can perform at a much higher level when we know how to pace how how much gas to give it, right? Certain benchmarks. It's I mean, I'm a visual person, so it's like definitely, and mind you, a lot of this is also the framing of you know, my sports background, some of it being mm-hmm. helpful and I'm so thankful, some of it being toxic. We all know sports is also where it's it's a system of, you know, literally die for a group of people. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, if this means you can't walk at 60, it's worth it. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's like, give it question. up. Give it up. Yeah, okay, you have to have 10 surgeries, have 10 surgeries. Yeah. So, um, so like, even the way I pace my brain, you know, basketball mm-hmm. is quarters and the, and the season of, of a year is a quarter too. I yeah. break down things literally into quarters, you know, right. and there's quarters of my life where I'm social and making my rounds around town and spending time with friends. And there's some where I'm, you know, solitude and you can't find me, you know, right. my phone is on do not disturb. I think the biggest thing I've learned in so much the past few years is just really listening to your body, mm. whatever that means. Like I said, I don't, we don't have to use terms so much. Like I don't even care about what you want to call things. Yeah. But if your body's saying, yo, this is total investment, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I am just going to try the most challenging thing I can do for me. The most challenging thing I can do right now is maximize my time from 3am to about midnight. Yeah. That was that term. The next term is next month. I made a, and it's all sacrifice, all but sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So right now I sacrifice family time. So thankfully I saw my 90 year old grandma for her birthday in September. Yeah. So I'm not going back to Michigan where my family's from for Christmas. You know, I yeah. told my mom, you'll be in there, but I will take this entire month. If someone invited me to big bear, someone invited me to go to snow, I would say no, because this month I have to sacrifice so that I can pour back into myself. So this mm-hmm. month is totally about sleeping, yeah. drinking water, Cooking meals, so I was not eating healthy the past few months, which didn't feel good to me. Working out hard in a way that makes my body just feel not even about weight or conditioning, just like just feeling how I want to feel, you know, right. and movement um, and writing because I have a goal and I have, and I'm already in a group, a group or a, a writing group of like working writers to be accountable for. And we all are, you know, work on our an idea that we're going to be done with within like a month. So that's the season I'm in. And that's a sacrifice of a different, a right. different, uh, a different like thing. Right, right, right. And I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, I'm curious, who do you admire in their perspective around productivity right now? Um, like I said, I'm so divorced of the word. I just, I just had to, it's such a, it's such a Eurocentric colonized word that has harmed a lot of countries and harmed a lot of people, Right. people of every color of whether it's, you know, poor, poor Irish people who suffer famine because of it, you know, because of uh, over um, hyper productivity and, and just, and really it, it was, it's for humans to maximize things, you know, right. that most of us don't even use or don't need. But, um, I, if I, I think the better question is like, who, who do I think like really utilizes their time well, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's a good question. It's probably someone I know personally, like people, like I think it's people in my life who have healthy boundaries. Like I have a hard time saying no to a lot of things because I am uh, someone who loves people. And I know if I feel a hint of like this person really would appreciate if I do this, I'm like, I will try to make it happen. Right. And I love people who have a healthy, like people I, I'm really admiring now have a healthy boundary of you're one of those people like, you and my cousin, there'll be a healthy boundary of like, they're just not on their phones often, whether it's not browsing the internet, not on though. My cousin, she does work around um, Firecracker Foundation, which her mom had donated to work yeah, around. I got a sweatshirt here. Shout yeah, out to Firecracker yeah, Foundation. Amazing. They do Firecracker Foundation in Central Michigan, does work around um, young victims healing from sexual trauma and helping their families. And so my cousin who works for that, um, their, that organization, she leaves like beautiful email responses. She's basically telling someone, hey, I'm not from my phone for the next two months because I need to pour back into me and my son and my husband. Or I'm in nature right now. You know, I love, or people who are like, hey, Talia, I'm not going to have this conversation with you right now because it's not really like productive for my mind. Productive, you know, it's not healthy for my brain right now. Right. Those people I really admire who like know how to say explicitly what they won't do. And they're doing it in like not a rude way, but they're first having compassion and love for themselves, you know? Cause I'm always scared. Yeah. Like I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. It's like, it's, yeah. you know, I want to, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I know what it's like, I, I'm, I'm acutely aware of rejection. I'm acutely of feeling like, uh, does no one care? Yeah. Um, am I loved? Am I seen? I want everyone to feel seen, especially cause all of us come from such different traumatic things. Some people don't mm-hmm. have the families that you and I have or the friends. So like you might be their one life source. So sometimes I will, right push so but i really respect people who know how to stick to boundaries exercise them and watch the fruits of that actually pay off and let it inform ways that they can be better like i like my cousin will come back being like yeah from from my sabbatical on my phone i really discovered x y and z about myself i love that i i appreciate that and thank mm-hmm. you that's i i feel honored in that way i've actually i'm just at the tail end i took like a good month and a half off social media entirely mm-hmm. um and a large part of that was it was just family driven right i have a new mm-hmm. son and it's like this is a golden time there's so many things i want to do and there's you know that there's work especially this one big project that i kind of talked to you about that i really i'm really looking forward to launching but i i realized in this time I need to actually pump the brakes on that because right. I can do that. I can do that forever. But this is the only time I will ever have off of work where it's just us and the family and everything like this. And and that's where I said, you know what? This is a perfect time to just take all this time off and and really focus in. And, and that was something um, that I have I've found a ton of value from. And I haven't always been that way because, you, you know, I'm the same right. way. I'm, I'm very we're, we're much very a people sim- We're pleaser. very similar. Yeah. Mm hmm. And, and, so, and the quality won't be there. So like, I guess yeah. that's also my issue with like pushing through and go hard. And like, I don't, I don't like self-help type books and motivational people. Cause number one, people who do those books are always people who don't look like you and I where yes. that grind, <laughs> like, and I mean that in terms of, true, you know, though. like uh, Wolf of Wall Street, those kind of stories make me sick because there's no person of color who could do that and would not be in prison still. So yeah. you going on this award tour of, you're poor because you're lazy Yeah, is insulting and dismissive of the systems that keep anyone different down. Even if you work your butt off. Right. Cause not right. every poor person, white, black, yellow, orange are poor because they're lazy. That's right. not how the system works. Exactly. It's not, there's a, there's a lot of variables that so many people don't 
attribute anything toward anything remotely close to luck. They don't they don't attribute anything to it. It's all about hard work. It's Our like, political dude, system, your local government. If you are born into a city in Mississippi that does not have a good school curriculum, you're not yeah. going to get into a good university. Right. How right. is that your fault? Right. That we don't zip codes. How does that our fault? So there's that stuff, but like, like, but yeah, like the, the the quantity and quality thing, kind of like the productivity. And I think of like just input, output, and widgets and make stuff, make stuff. Yeah. Anyone who loves America will tell you we don't make anything of quality anymore. So even yeah. the idea of productivity is silly to me because, okay, I hey Anthony, this morning I got a lot done. What'd you do? I I made eighty nine pancakes. <laughs> that's impressive. Did I do a lot? Did I do a lot in a short that's a, time? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Did it have any worth or value? Not, I mean, to yourself. <laughs> was, was there time? Was there time better well spent? You know, right, right. And, and 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 or now I'm bitter because of it. And I never want you to pancake again. It's like, what did that do? Who did that benefit? So, so like, even uh, if you push through, like I didn't get this work done. Yeah. If you read it the next day, like as a writer, for example, if I read it the next day, I'm like, this is awful. Yeah. I should have went to sleep. <laughs> like there, like I learned early in college, I used to like rarely study late, late at night. Like if it's yeah. 11 p.m., I would just go to sleep. Yeah. Because the time you spend from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. fake studying, mm-hmm. twirling in your chair, yep. texting a friend, but you're in the library. So you feel like I'm doing something right. Yep. <clears throat> if I would have went to bed by 1130 and woke up at five and worked from five to nine in those four hours, I was focused. I had no yeah. distractions. Yeah. So I always chose, when am I going to get the most? When am I going to get this done for myself? When is this going to feel good? Right. And that was my friend yesterday. She's a, a, a writer. She writes on TNT's Animal Kingdom. And she just finished the show, HBO's um, Secret Sex Life of College Girls, Vanessa Baden-Kelly. Amazing writer. She teaches at LMU. And this yesterday, she wanted to, like, the morning she wanted to write, you know, get some really good personal writing done. Yeah. And she was so drained because she has a beautiful young son, has been, you know, helping family and teaching. The best thing for her to do as a creative to even tap into better thoughts was to rest. Mm-hmm. And now today, she's ready to go. I love it. She wanted it. I love that. So this is actually something I'm I'm curious about with your extensive experience th- through competing at the highest levels and and through so much focused work that you've done over all the years and and the experiences you've had the the wisdom gain how do you how do you decompress how do you when you are i mean i know like this month for example you you're you know you're mm-hmm. you're you're shifting right you're shifting right. where where the focus goes and all that stuff but I'm what shedding is, a lot of stuff too <laughs> right so what is it you know from like finding solitude or what is it that you're doing and and what have you found to be the most most impactful if you have just a tiny bit of time or if right. you have a month. Right. Say. Well, I'm not great at that. I naturally am on edge, right? Like I'm naturally an anxious person. I was like, also it's like mental health stuff, you know, like probably need to address it. I don't, haven't had time to do. <laughs> it's like, I, I know I, I live, but make the things that, mind you, everything that I'm talking about that I want to do is like aspirational that I'm working on. Things you work yeah. with, either with a therapist, a life coach, a, a partner, whatever. Right. Um, it's aspirational, but like a lot of things in life for all of us, no matter what your occupation is, whether you're a farmer or a doctor, the things that make you great are normally like your the things that also harm you, you know? Yeah. So the things that make me great are also harm me. So for a lot, of, like I said, my high threshold for a lot of things. So I know I normally don't have, I don't need something in the day where I'm like, 
ooh, deep breath. I can just go, 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 go. But that's yeah. not healthy and I'm not present. Yeah. So the best way for, that I have been able to decompress is when I get to the gym consistently. And at the past two months, I was not able to. And that was, mm-hmm. I was feeling that in my body. I was carrying a lot on my shoulders. That I couldn't literally sweat out, push out, squat out. <laughs> grunt out you know right <laughs> dance out whatever you know because i dance when i stretch sometimes mm-hmm. while i'm boxing you know and um so on, i mean i wish i had a better one i i'm i i was better at meditating in 2020 mm-hmm. slipped up when i got back to working a lot on set this year i'm historically not a great meditator or yoga but for me it's it's working out and i i realized because in order for me to feel vulnerable and really like naked and free I have to be exhausted and not a lot exhausts me. I have, a, like I said, I can do a lot. Right. And running on the treadmill, getting my 45 minute runs in, lifting, I'm exhausted after that. Yeah. And it's in a beautiful way. It's like, I finally like surrender. Like you surrender yeah. to the moment, you surrender to the breath, the literal breath. You realize you rarely breathe deep unless you're working out. <laughs> which yep. is awful. We should be breathing deep all the time. Right. I'm really touching my toes or feeling my body until I'm working out, just like feeling it's like that, that mindfulness book, like wherever you go, there you are. I'm not yeah. a present person, which is, which is one of my downfalls, but so working out does that. It, it surrenders me. Another thing is though, I am disciplined and good about, you know, like setting up my conditions for success, which mm-hmm. is a lot of sacrifice. And some people, I, I feel like kind of think that the way I've succeeded has just been by luck instead of attributing it to like hard decisions. I've made so it's like yeah I'm, I'm like my, my friends are like man I'm stressed with this or I have that and sometimes I want to be like you chose that though like yeah. people don't take into account like I've had options to be with partners for years and years but I knew the kind of I've seen 30 year old Talia right now what I'm doing right I knew I could want that because it made options that aren't bad or good it's like is this good? This is good. Or what do I really want? Fulfilling. So I've sacrificed the idea of I'm 30 and me and my partner, we take vacations and we have our home and we do this. And this is not shaming any of that because that's right. everyone's journey. But so I've done things like, yo, I'm going to be someone who's my main intent is not romance or building a family right now. Right. Number yeah. one, because I don't derive love from this romantic love. I believe in love from all sources of great friends, family members, strangers, co-workers, right. self-love. Like, number one, no one can love me better than me. Whoever yeah. I end up with for the rest of my life, if I do, will never love me as much as I love me. And that's right. how it should be because you can't derive anything out of one person right. or any external source. So those are the kind of conditions that help me live a whole life. I don't have a lot of stresses that some, some of my peers have. I don't right. have stresses of finances, of paying for a partner, a child, even a pet. Like, I, everything that I make only has to go back to me and everything right. everything else I do is a choice whether donation or helping family and friends right right and those are the things like I cut out distractions I'm not I don't really rely I don't rely on substances I don't party you know I don't like to be around a lot of energy I don't know you know yeah. so I don't like being in certain spaces of you know just people hanging out for the sake of hanging, hanging out I'd rather invest invest that back in myself so right. that's what I do to kind of cultivate <clears throat> a healthy life I think that's you touched on a lot of powerful things. For one, I want to point out the fact that earlier you mentioned you're not very good at saying no to things, you know, and this is actually an example of you being very good at saying no to things 
that you do draw boundaries in a in a very strong way. It might not have been so visible or or it might not be in the areas that you're aiming to get better at, but you do a very good job at boundary setting, right? You, you just said yourself, like, I know I'm not, I don't w- like being around energy that I'm not familiar with. Right, That's yeah. something a lot mm-hmm. of people have a hard time with because it's like, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, yo, hey, come, come to this. And instead of me being the first question, be like, who are going to be there? Who's going to be there? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a very cultural question. Yes. As, as Jalen Rowe coined the term, it's cultural. You it's know? very when, cultural. When, when people of a certain melanin say, who are going to be there? They're trying to take account of, is that where I need to be? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, not, it's not a head count. It's an energy personality that person better not be there. Count. <laughs> yeah, straight up. So that's that's a that's an area I do want to you know tip my hat to you for that. Like that's that's a good place that you have developed a healthy space to be able to say no to and, and things like that. Secondly, I want to point out that although you you said you're not very good at meditating, you did well last year, then you kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, and I agree with this, that working out is meditative, mm-hmm. and. For someone as busy, as hardworking as you are with such a high capacity and to overload your day and overload your things, you know, it's, I would say that is the, I would say that's probably the best form of meditation because I know how it goes when you, when you are working and working and you're nonstop, you can go nonstop. You, you can go nonstop. But if you stopped and you were like, I love to meditate and sit down and sit still, which I do. I try to do it daily, right? Mm-hmm. Which I love to do. But if I did that while I'm, you know, in the middle or the afternoon of my day when a lot of people fall off, then if I sat down and sat still, I fall asleep. Sitting up, right. I'll fall asleep. Right. That's it. It's a wrap. That's true. That's a good if, point. If I work out instead, then there's, you know, I got a second win. I can push harder, push harder. The moment I stop, if it's a busy day, then it's going to be really, really tough. So I can see where that, being the meditation that That's keeps you insight. going. Yeah. I also pray uh, all day. And, you know, I know people are always just like, Yee! when you hear about anything spiritual, but like that can be whatever that is for you. Like, I, we, we have <laughs> so, to get so over whoever. that. So whoever, yeah, like, for real. Like, like, like pray to whoever, like, whatever. Like, we have to get over anyone saying things that are triggers, like healthy triggers. I know because we've all experienced some traumatic things. They're just like, I don't want to talk about that. And that's yeah. that, I'm, that makes total sense. Yeah. But when I say prayer, yes, for me, that is to a higher source. But for some people, prayer, like prayer can just be words that haven't been said yet. Yeah. Like wor- it can be just words to, your, to that have not been said yet. A prayer to future self. It could be affirmations. It could be list of gratitude. It, like, you can call it whatever you want. So for me, I'm constantly in conversation with source, you know, mm-hmm. and while I'm driving, you know, there is the old school black in me where Lily just get in the car and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like, you know, <laughs> like just, just, just because getting from point A to you point B, it. you did not think you were going to leave your bed that day. And that, mm-hmm. that also fuels me is I take gratitude for everything, right? Like yeah. we've all lost and I've lost one of my best friends, you know, in 2018, the age of 26, right? A beautiful soul, Stanford grad and just her name is Lyric McHenry and a, a, an amazing life giving person. And even before then, I was always a grateful person. But so but I take, I, I mean it when I say thank you, or mm-hmm. I know people who've dealt, dealt, dealt with, you know, mental health issues and do not want to be here, who have tried to not be here and harm themselves and yeah. love and empathy and gratitude for anyone to experience that because it's a very normal thing. We don't have to make it taboo. Just life is hard for a lot of people, people who wake up who know they don't have food in their, in their refrigerator. 
Yeah. What is the excitement of getting up to go to despair, to yeah. work at a job you you hate, or you maybe like, you know, uh, abused at verbally, you know, to be in a family where you're not seen, to be in a partnership where you are unheard. Like there's a lot of reason people don't have excitement to wake up. Right. So every day I wake up and I was able, as black people say, by the grace of God, make it from my pillow to just the car. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to celebrate that task. Like, hey, I'm not even at work yet, but I'm in the car. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I didn't finish this run, but I got my butt to the gym. So and, whatever yeah. I do today is already a win. If yeah. I step on this treadmill, press, you know, six or seven, and I run for three minutes and I say, I'm fine, mm-hmm. that did it, you better celebrate yourself. Yes. Because just the attempt, the audacity to believe in yourself and to say that I can and that you tried one more time mm-hmm. is a level of honesty and vulnerability and just like care for yourself that is admirable that I want all of us to have and to encourage and give compassion to others to help them get there. Right. Right. Yeah. This, sometimes you, you just like, Hey, it, it wasn't looking good to just get up out this bed today. I was, Man. I had, I, my thumb was ready to hit send to call <laughs> out, you know, like you said, you had it pulled up, ready to go. <laughs> And, and yeah, you make it to your car. You're like, damn, okay, okay. Yeah. And you start to catch a flow. You're like, oh, look at me, look at me go. Like, and there are some days where you cancel everything, and yes. you're like, you know what? I took a good shower you today like, and, and wore my robe. Like, and like, that's because we're not celebrating just leaving to leave. I'm like, whatever it is that got you through, you yes. know, or you just made it through the day that was awful yesterday. But yeah. yesterday you didn't pass that test, right? Right. Yesterday you you threw in the towel. You said I'm not yeah, trying. Not today. But the next day you say, okay, right. I allowed myself that. I give that person grace. You deserve that. You deserve to break and to collapse in yourself. Like we yeah. we're gonna break. We're we're gonna bend. Yeah. The center cannot hold. Things fall apart. You know, Chinua yep. Chibe said that. You know, and whenever you're able to just like get something out of something, celebrate that. You know. Yes. Yeah, you know, I so I love this. I, this is also an aspect of of your character that I I genuinely genuinely love, is that you are so full of gratitude. And although I know you mentioned you, you're not really into like the self help books and all that stuff, that's one of the the largest genres in my library, mm-hmm. right? Is is personal development, self help, mm-hmm. and and some commonalities there. And you said it earlier. When when you were talking about you know get over this this spirituality trigger and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but you, you you said it earlier when you were like whatever it is an affirmation. If you are triggered by somebody bringing up religion or somebody mm-hmm. bringing up a higher power or anything like that, whether your higher power is science, right? Mm-hmm. If you're hard science, you're atheist, whatever, or if you you know it's Jesus or Allah, whoever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. If you have something to look forward to, that's that's the power, right? If you have something right. to to build and speak and it doesn't have to be prayer don't call it prayer if you, if that's a trigger for you whatever right. but it, it's affirmations right that's what yeah. prayer is 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 you're speaking affirmations and gratitude it's just a conversation with with you know it's a conversation to whatever it could be a conversation to the future job you're going to have you know right. like people who manifest <laughs> i'm making fun of all you got to remember like, i'm also in LA which is a very yeah. woo woo place yes. so this kind of stuff for me is like i wrote we commodified it that's why right. I was always so careful of how I even talked about the fund because I don't want to be, I don't want to be known for helping people. Like you should should do that. 
as you breathe. That's, I don't want to be known yeah. for. And then we take a deep, I'm not commodifying breathing or affirming. That is just what we do. So that's yeah. why I kind of, you know, just make fun of that. That's just a right. cynic in me too. Um, <laughs> and there's people have had ill intents toward that. And I see how people have triggers. So yeah, it's just, um, it's conversing with the thing that you see. Sometimes yeah. you're just, you know, saying your dream out loud, you know, saying your pain out loud. Like, right. like I said, I'll be looking crazy all the time because I'll be talking on sentences in the car you know but it keeps me sane i I don't want to keep things bottled up like there's people you know who i have compassion for but you can tell have never said certain things right right yeah never said it give yourself permission to be weird and if if you won't give it to yourself we're giving you permission right now be weird speak to yourself speak to another power speak to whatever you you got got to do yeah that gets you because the thing is it's gonna come out yeah and it's gonna come out in a very powerful, dangerous way. Yeah, or I impulsive. Much, yeah, and even then, the impulse has to go out somewhere. Like, yeah. yeah, if a kid needs to write on your their wall before they do something silly and harm someone else, let them write on that wall. Let right. them like like we have to mitigate harm. Get the outlets going for we sure. We got to. There's so many. There's so many better ways of like all of us. Like think how many times. You know, you get into an argument with a friend or or someone you're in a relationship with over, like, you know, the dishes or a yeah. sponge. And you realize it's not about the sponge. Yeah. You bring up, it's because at dinner four weeks ago with my friends, the way you do it, it's like, I just want to know if you wanted an orange slice because it's not about that. Right, 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 right. It's, and that's what I was saying back to the people I respect. You, you are also someone like that who says it how it is, even if it may sting a little bit. Like my cousin or my, my my friend Ash, the same thing. Where it's like, just say it. You yeah. gotta say it. If if you are having an issue, you have to say it then because people can't read your minds. You know. No, no. And this is actually one of the episodes that that I had with with Jeanette. We talked about kind of our relationship mission statement and everything on mm-hmm. here. And and one of the foundational principles for us is that the truth, no matter how painful at first, and how mm-hmm. how damaging it may feel to your ego is always the best long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. And and it is like that. Sometimes you're like, she, she says shit to me that I'm like, damn, you know, like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, my ego's like, oh, it's battle time. Like, yeah. you know, but yeah. in the end, it's like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have somebody lie to you and you feel good right now and then later right. on, boom, bombshell, right? So there's all that. I know we got, we're, we're, we're winding down on time, but I did want to touch we're good. You. Okay, dope, dope, dope. I want to touch on, and I, w- I want to kind of like magnify, magnifying mm-hmm. glass over this because I feel like you are a person that not only are you an incredible friend, I think you are a fantastic friend and you embody what it means to be a good friend because of, simply put, just the effort. You mm-hmm. put in, you are someone that puts in a lot of effort to be a good friend. And that's, mm-hmm. it's felt. Thank you, I agree. <laughs> and I also see that you happen to be surrounded by a lot of people who you talk about your friends to me that I've never met all the time. Like there's mm-hmm. so many names that that you can bring up and I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. yeah you, you feel like, you know, like, oh yeah, how's that such and such going? Hey, you yeah. met them a day in your life. Are they still together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so what is it that you do or how do you think of building your circle of people? I mean, you, you talked earlier, you don't like new energies, right? Yeah. Uh, or you're at least wary of them. So the energies you do have that that folks are fortunate enough to be in your life and, and have you how do you how do you mitigate that? How do you choose that? How do you select it? What's the what's the breakdown for you and when where's the value? Right. And it's not that I don't like new energy. I have to discern it. And there's some people who are so internally 
off balance that it seeps into me. And I mm-hmm. can't have that. Like people are battling a lot of stuff that they're not being honest with about. And I don't do well with unbalanced energy because I feel like you're lying. Yeah. You're lying to yourself first, which is the worst. Like, forget me. Yeah. If I'm around, like, it's like, it's like safety. Like my mom was, you know, she's old school. So I've always been like, you don't go in a car with this or like that. So I ne- I'm never going to feel safe with someone who I feel doesn't care about their own life. And that's a lot of energy I feel when I'm out. Whereas like, you Damn. are lying to yourself. You're unsafe with self. Mm-hmm. You're harmful to self. So there's no way I would be dumb and let myself be next to you. So that's Damn. what it's like energy. You got to be like, I don't, I don't feel good about this. You know, my mom is big. Teach me discernment, you know? Yeah. So it's very organic. Like for me, I don't have a, I don't have a, a list of quality. I, I look, I have friends on the spectrum of everything, you know, yeah. people who would call themselves amazing people who people who call themselves awful people. I mean, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's about honesty. So I really, I realized the friends that I have are really honest and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And they don't grandstand. They're not trying to keep up with the Joneses and be this and be that. They just exist. Right. And are usually very painfully honest about their wounds. Like I tend to draw to people who carry a lot Mm -hmm. and will tell you they're carrying a lot and will tell you I'm trying to survive and be better. Once you show me that kind of vulnerability and honesty, I can trust you Mm -hmm. because I can work with that. It's like I... I can work with honesty. You know, mm-hmm. if you tell me off top, hey, Talia, like, I want to be your friend, but this is what I have. Da, 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 da. So I get if you don't want to hang with me, yo, come here. Because the fact that you respected and loved me enough to disclose things about yourself, I feel honored when I get to hold those things about people. So it's usually organic. Like, I, I like to talk, to speak to people. I'm going to look you in your eyes. And yeah, some of it's just like, that's one of the gifts that I have. We all have gifts. I can read people pretty well, you know? Mm-hmm. So... If I feel like just safe around you and also curious, I do like people who have a lot of layers, you know, it's probably, it's probably like, you know, attracting kind of how you are. I feel like I'm a very layered person and a person who, you know, would love to be able to share those layers with people you, you know, you feel comfortable with. So I want to be that for someone else. It's like building a, I think it's like I'm building a tribe of people who always felt just like a little different. I've always felt off, you know, I've always been like different from people. Like, like just like the person I am, the skin I'm in, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the thoughts that I have. Yeah. So you want to build a tribe of that. Mainly for me, I've always want to be better. So I always want people who like inspire me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want that quality that you have, you know, and I want to learn from you and I want to share this with you. So that's really how it is. Like, it doesn't matter if you, you know, cut wood for a living or if you direct movies, like yeah. I care about the honesty of your spirit and soul and also your humanity. I don't really rock with people who don't care about the world and other people. Like that's just not my ministry. Yeah. You have to, you can't be just on the, the mission for self. You know, all of my closest friends are very given people who would like, if they have a hundred dollars in their account, but I need a hundred dollars, they won't tell me and will give me their last hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful distinction. Is it, it's something that it's interesting hearing you talk about it because for me, truth, honesty, that's a, a absolute must. There's there's no wavering for me in my friendships mm-hmm. or anything like that at all. Um, and and you have to along with that, you have to be loving and understanding, right? You have to. I think you know. I think that's that's something that that 
we've I've seen exhibited in both of us because we've had I remember sitting on, on Sproul and at, at Berkeley that mm-hmm. we'd be sitting there chopping up me you and Laisha and mm-hmm. and r- the most random encounters with people. <laughs> Oh, you know, random. like I mean, this is Berkeley, right? So yeah. you got the kid with with a purple mullet, you know, <laughs> riding an ostrich. Like, hey, y'all, what are you guys doing today? And we're just like, hey, welcome yeah. to the tribe. How are you, fellow weirdo lost soul? Straight up. straight up, like, welcome. You fit right in, right? Uh, and and there's this there's this essence of there's this essence of of the ability for us to genuinely be able to understand we don't that doesn't mean agree right mm-hmm. we don't necessarily agree with your stuff your stance your your choices or anything yeah. but if we can if you're honest and we can understand it which in most cases you can right if people are just if keep, people keep it real you can kind of go I, I, that makes sense i see where you would go I mean, with that. and i'm also that's, that's a competitive to me too i'm like just let me earn your like like like, like, like let me get your respect like mm-hmm. like if you, because I went to a school that like Marlboro School for Girls down here in LA, that the beauty of it, it encouraged women like ridiculous. So they're the kind of place where they said, they would tell you in like your opening meeting, like we're the kind of place if your daughter says, hey, I want to be phenomenal. They'll say, we're going to teach you how to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I had a mom who did the same thing. She'd always say it's not enough to just, you know, you got to be exceptional. Yeah. Like period. Like I didn't walk into my house thinking anything less. Yeah. And within that, people like that foster every one of your amazing size of a mustard seed dreams, you know? So that's the beauty of life. I don't ever want to get jaded. I'm a very, I'm a very childlike where I want to see miracles happen. I want to, I want to things, see things that challenge my beliefs. Yeah. My point is, so I love seeing people who tell me, Talia, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to turn the sky purple one day. And because their diligence, their passion, their research, their their commitment, whether I think it's going to happen or not, I'm like, yo, <laughs> the way you believe, though, I You're need right. that. Yeah, <laughs> I need that because yeah. you hear from successful people all the time that they usually got it because they believed when no one else did. Yes, They believed when someone said, when Michael Jackson was seven, being like, I'll be the best singer of all time and Gary and Deanna. And you're like, yeah, you're tripping. They're like, okay. Yeah. Like, you have to be delusional about life or what's mm-hmm. the point of living? You And that's like, for me, it's what definition of faith is. Faith is believing in that which you can't see. You know, that's, what, that's the biblical definition of it. Right. And meaning if you can see it, that's not, that's not faith. That's, yeah. it's obtainable. Faith is, what's the thing that you cannot see that disagree with your current circumstance? For some people, that's generational poverty. That's, mm. some, that's just a child at five years old, you know, being like, I grew up on a dirt road with no running water. And one day I'm going to change the trajectory of my family and create generational wealth. Yes. That was a seed planted. Like we, we always forget when we talk about miracles not happening. It had to happen. Yeah. It had to happen for some person. When, right. when doctors say, I'm not a person of faith, but I cannot tell you how that child survived this accident. I cannot tell you. Right. And you have to leave, you have to leave space for the things that nature, even science tells you that. Mm-hmm. Like I am a science believer, you know? Yeah. I'm a science person. Science will tell you in the hypothesis and the testing space. You have to leave space for things you didn't account for. Right. 
that you might try to try to reverse engineer one day, but you can't, they are working on things right now they cannot account for. They cannot right. tell you all the time the history of the Redwoods. They can't mm-hmm. tell you the, the, the majesty of nature all the time. And they'll tell you that while they love it. And right. discovering. And that's what I love about people, people who are sell out to those dreams and being like, I'm going to figure out by hook or crook. And if, and if I spend my 95 years on earth figuring it out and don't get it, but I loved every single day in that pursuit, that's a better life than someone who just gave up and never tried and just yeah. died bitter and without being scared or trying. Like you got to live scared. You got to live. I don't know. You got to live that like surprise. It's like Christmas day. Like Christmas is fun because you don't know. Mm-hmm. If you know everything, it's not fun. Right. Right. I so love seek it. that what you don't know and say, I'm going to figure it out or I'm going to have fun learning more than I did yesterday. Right. And this is your pursuit right now in writing. Oh my God. I mean, it's my pursuit like, like just an, it's, it's a higher, it's my pursuit in just what I can do. I don't even know all that I can accomplish. Right. Like the writing is easy. I see that. I know I'm a good storyteller. I know I'm a good mm-hmm. writer. <clears throat> only the, one thing, thing I need to do now is just work on my craft, learn more rules and tools and, you know, perfect things until it's like, I'm ready. Yeah. I want I don't know what I'm going to reach. Like, and that's what excites me in every single quarter of my life season of my life something changes i couldn't mm-hmm. tell you i was going to be here two seasons ago and i love that right it's going to be something else i don't care the scope or size could be more intimate it could be bigger whatever but something's going to surprise me being like i cannot believe that i am tackling this right now yo right. you know right right i love it i love it i'm here for it i know mad people are rooting for you and Man, i'm so thankful it's so dope yeah and um before we depart here mm-hmm is there anything else that you want to, or anything you want to, a little gem you want to drop? I mean, you've already dropped a whole trail of gems up to a mountain peak. But is there anything else that you want to share or or speak on for the people before we uh, bid our adieus here? Um, you know, no, just uh, have some compassion for people. You know what I'm saying? Have compassion for yourself and. Do, you know, don't be pressured to just go with the flow. Going with the flow is what's gotten most countries in our history of the world in trouble. You know, going with the flow is, you know, you sing atrocities and you're like, someone else will deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, going with the flow is you sing a child in need and you not inquiring, does that kid need a jack? Does that kid need books? Like going with the flow is 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 kind of like not participating in your own life a bit. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's actually, yeah, in sociology it, or psychology, the bystander effect. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just, you know, get in the driver's seat of your life and like, don't get so jaded where you think you can't change someone's life. You yeah. can literally change someone's life. Yeah. You know, if if you see a teenager walking in the rain and you gave them a ride and that was their like interview for college admission and that person becomes a famous whatever, you did that. Yeah, you change someone's life. You can yeah. change someone's life by a hint of kindness, just thinking about them, making a call for them. Yeah, just just don't don't just don't just float your way through life. Have some intentionality and like just really be compassionate about how you can affect the world and people next to you. Don't be rude. Like, don't be selfish. It's not just you and your family. <laughs> you know, and we saw that. It was like pandemic. I don't care if no one else has toilet paper as long as me and my family do. And it's like, that's why it's, we don't, that's why like in wars, you, like people don't survive. Yeah. Cause we hoard and we cut off people and we all know since the beginning of time is cooperative 
structures that keep everyone alive. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. And and honestly, um, yeah, I, that was that was one of the most baffling things to me is like, <laughs> y'all think the world's coming to an end and y'all are fighting over toilet paper. <laughs> Really? <laughs> like the it let's assume you know the belief is that the world is about to end. Yeah. Of all things you're going out there for. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't call it, it. No more hand sanitizer, but it was a whole bunch of soap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, come on. All right. We're all backwards. It's all good. Yes, yes, it is. Well, Talia Caldwell, screenwriter. Mm-hmm. former pro athlete and many, mm-hmm. many, many more things. Uh, thanks for the wisdom you shared, the yeah. joy. And if you want to educate yourself further, you know, I'm pro, pro uh, me agenda, aka pro black woman agenda. Look up some amazing black female writers. And the reason why I say that, because just the history of life, black women have had to always think about the collective, you know, same with native culture, like really collective. And I think those are good ways to, to, to see how people can challenge the way we think about the collective instead of just self. So yeah, yeah. like just research really good black writers, female writers, Toni Morrison, you know, Nikki Giovanni, you know, challenge yourself. What what would be the number one, the number one book that you'd say or piece that you would say, hey, just take this and just just crack it open. Just get started there. Oh man, that's so hard. Um that's really hard. Well what's what's one that you're like, okay, anybody can kind of vibe with this. Like you know, it's not so it's not so deeply entrenched in, in, you know, black culture or so deeply entrenched in and the culture of black women specifically. But it's something that's like, OK, y- even if you don't identify, you mm-hmm. could you could still definitely right. vibe with this. Just a human story. I mean, I, I think Nikki Giovanni, anything Nikki Giovanni, she's a, she has poetry involved, too. It's all a self-reflection, too. Dope. Yeah, anything Nikki Giovanni. Poetry Dope. is always great. Agreed. Agreed. Where can everybody, if you want to be bombarded? Just type in Talia Caldwell. You'll find me. Just type in my name. T-A-L-I-A. Last name Caldwell. Like the bank, but an A instead of the O. C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. All my handles will pop up there. Bam. All right. I love it. Thank you again so much yes, for, for joining. I got it. I know. Finally, finally. Woo. Once again, that was Talia Caldwell. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time and friendship over all the years. That's wonderful to have you in my life and now everyone else's lives who are listening here. You can find Talia quite literally by hopping on Google and typing in her name, Talia Caldwell. That's T-A-L-I-A space C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. And if you're wondering why these last few episodes have sounded way better than previous ones, that is thanks to the expert work of our new editor, Phil. So if your soul is feeling tingly and you aren't against supporting this podcast, then share an episode with a friend, someone you think would appreciate it. Leave your feedback or rate the show. Or you can go to anthonyjthomas.com slash podcast and donate to the ATP Coffee Fund. Your support encourages me to keep going and it helps cover the resources like our new friend, Phil. That's it for now. So until next time, make sure you note your appreciations from the day. Live powerfully. Much love. Peace.